You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that am. Well, I think today is going to be another short episode. I apologize in advance. Um, you know, tired, overslept, you know the story. No sense in going through the whole rigmarole all over again. It's hard to string sentences together right now. I just jumped out of bed and sprinted downstairs and slammed a monster, and I'm trying to do a podcast. So you're all caught up to speed now. It's one of those things where you, you hit snooze, or not snooze, but... Um, and that's the other thing when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to it's it's just a, it's such a gamble. I've got about four or five alarms set, and um, you got to swipe. One is turn the alarm off. One is to uh, snooze. And I am so dead to the world. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just swiping. And so if you swipe one way and you hit snooze, you get to the point where they're all kind of jumbled together. You know, you've got the snoozes all colliding with the new alarms and you got something going off every 30 seconds and your world is just spinning out of control. Like, what is happening? I feel like I'm in a washing machine <laughs> just being tumble dried. I don't know what's going on. And then if you're turning them off, it's kind of like you're in a car with no brakes headed toward a cliff. And if the car doesn't stop, eventually you're going to die. It's a weird analogy, but the point is, if you don't get up, before that last one goes off, and then you're like, eh, off, then you just, then, then you're just kind of, you know, that's what happened today. I just kind of snapped away. It's like, what's happening? Why, where's, where's the alarm? Oh, you turned them all off. Okay, great. So yesterday I uh, solicited some questions. I cannot get through all of them, but I'm going to get through some of them. Why did I click that button? That's not supposed to happen. Um, and we'll see how she goes. All right. The number one question I got when I asked the question um, if you have any SIS-specific questions, just because we got it and it's new. I mean, we're not going to do this every day. You know, it's just, it's a it's a tool, but I didn't want to be begging you guys um, to help me get this and then be like, all right, that's sitting over on the side. If we ever need it, we'll use it. That, that That's not great. Um, so I'm asking if you have any questions since we got it. Let's see if we can use it. The biggest question I got was, what's SIS? Which I could answer, but why would I answer it on the podcast that they don't listen to? So, um, boom. Done. One question down. Moving on. There's also a flurry of questions that I don't understand. I don't. I, don't, I mean, it's 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 either incomplete or I'm not sure what we're talking about. But um, I, I guess I'll try my best because the questions are there. Can SIS tell us relative percent of catches versus incompletions for a given player for all targets since high school senior? Serious question. I don't doubt it's serious. Relative percent of catches versus incompletion. I don't even know if we're talking about wide receivers or quarterbacks. 
Incompletions are a quarterback stat. Catches are a wide receiver slash tight end slash running back stat. Catches versus drops. Completions versus incompletions. I'm guessing completions versus incompletions. But we're talking about a completion percentage, right? <laughs> Is that all we're talking about? You don't need SIS for that. And since high school senior, no. They, it's college and um, college and pros. So um, I'm assuming that's not what you mean, but that's, that's what I was able to translate. So there you go. Uh, Jason says, what's SIS? I'm lost. Nailed that one already. No, but, but in all seriousness, I, I guess, let me just hit on a couple different things. And these are just, all it is is filters. Let me just read some of them to you to get the gears turning. And so there's passing, rushing, receiving, blocking, pass defense, pass rush, run defense, returning, punting, kicking. And I'm already finding a couple things that are, whereas PFF, I guess, is is maybe, and and it's not even fair because you can get very granular with PFF as well, but it, it's, it, it can be broad and I wish it was more specific. With SIS, sometimes it's it's very specific when I wish it was more broad. For example, I can't look at team things. I can't, you know, whatever. But on the, for example, college receiving tab, here are some of the filters. Um, you can filter by conference. You can fir- uh, filter verse conference. So uh, looking for FBS, Power 5, AAC, Big 10, or you can just go by team for the player that you're looking for or opponent or home or away. You can do it in climate, which is indoor, outdoor. Uh, you can do it for um, field type, grass or turf. Then they have time filters. You can filter by season range going back to 2016. You can filter by week range. Um, and then you can split by game if you want to, uh, as opposed to season stats. You can filter by quarter, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, overtime, downs, first, second, third, fourth, field position. So you could, uh, field position, time, yards to go, score differential. So again, we're looking at receiving. So if I wanted to see Devontae Adams from 2016 to 2021, the second half of the season, um, fourth quarter, third down on our side of the field with under five minutes to go down by 10, right? It just, that's, I don't know why, but again, if you want very specific questions, there you go. It'll pull up everything. Um, And again, we can do split by game so we can see game to game, win these different things, whatever. Or just, you know, he has seven catches for 250 yards in his career in that scenario, right? So those are the situation filters. Then they have uh, personnel filters. So how many wide receivers are on the field? Zero through five. What formation are they in? Uh, single left, single right, twin left, twin right, twi- uh, trips left, trips right, bunch left, bunch right, spread, slot left, slot right, all the way down. Um, running backs, one through four, formation, empty back, split back, eye formation, offset eye, blah, 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 down the line. Um, how many tight ends, how many offensive linemen, how many, uh, let's see, shotgun, yes or no, um, how many defensive linemen, is it a no huddle, linebackers and defensive backs. Those are the personnel filters. If you want to filter it down to those kinds of things. So in this situation, probably better for running backs. But if you want to see, you know, how many defensive line when when we have, you know, five offensive linemen, which is probably every single time, but we have five offensive linemen. How many people on the defensive line? Whatever. How many yards per carry? Then there are the advanced filters, which, believe it or not, we have not gotten to those yet. Again, this is for a receiver, so there's target in motion, yes or no. So was the person that was, so if Devontae's the target, did he go in motion? 
Uh, was the pass catchable? Yes or no. Was it a broken play? Yes or no. End zone target, isolated wide receiver side. Quarterback pressure on target, which is different than catchable. Catchable, I mean, pretty self-explanatory, but catchable is that one pass where it's like, that was a bad pass. Yeah, but he should have caught it. Yeah, I know, but it still was a bad pass. That's catchable. On target is, it's on target. It was a good pass. That's the one where there was a great play and somebody says, great catch. Somebody else says, great throw. And then you kind of glare at each other like, I don't know. I think it was a better catch than a better throw. I don't know. Then you can select uh, target lined up, target direction, left, middle, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Coverage types, cover zero, cover one, cover two, man, cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six. So again, if you want to know how Devontae does against cover one, very simple to select that and run his stats. And there you go. Goal line, red two, combination, screen prevent, spike, combination, other. Route types, flat, slant, comeback, curl, out, dig, corner, post, fade, screen, wheel, broke, blah, 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 blah. I can give you Devontae Adams' stats on a... I know I'm saying, why Devontae? He's going, I don't know, dude. I'm just picking an example. How many corner routes? What is his yards per reception, et cetera, et cetera. Motion types. This is just for the offense in general. No motion. First motion, jet motion, left, jet motion, right, loop motion, left, loop motion, right, short in, short out, left across, right across, left then right, right then left, running back, left, running back, right, left wing, Ricky, right wing, Lucy, running back, left fast, running back, right fast, left then right fast, right then left fast. How many men in the box? All, uh, let's see, four or less, five, six, seven, eight, nine or more. Pass rushers, three or less, four, five, six, seven, eight or more. And then finally, air yard selector. How many yards? Did the ball travel through the air? Negative 20 through 100. These are all the filters just for receiving. Now, I'm not going to go through every filter for every single one of these things, but that'll give you an idea going forward if you have a question. These are the kinds of the things that you'll be able to answer with SIS. I'm not asking you to just think of dumb random things, but if you have a specific question, and again, I really think film guys would love this because they're the ones that think in these terms. For example, theories on Darnell Savage and what he does well and what he doesn't do well. We can look at coverage types and see how he performs in those certain coverage types. We can find out what he's doing well and what he's not doing well. But you got to know what you're talking about to be able to articulate it. Or you could simply ask the question, how does he do in this, you know, versus that. So hope that helps. Heading over to Facebook, Ken has the same question. Could you talk a bit more about the, the data and the type of queries? There you go. Hopefully that helps. And if you have any specific questions, just shoot it out and we'll see if it's there. But here is kind of a great question. And, and, and really, the, the hard part is it's, I could go a million different ways with it. Um, but here's a question from John. Uh, recently added your podcast to my rotation. I like straight talk and analytics. Thanks, dude. My SIS question or questions, what are the best roles for each safety? Amos and Savage have different skills and safeties play so many different roles. Box, nickel, blitz, deep zone, man up, tight end, etc. Thanks. Um, one of the one of the things that I'm still trying to work through is what are the best metrics to use? Because there's different, what, what they have, and here's the other thing, they have totals. So this is where, for example, if I just filter by safety, 2021 Green Bay Packers, you've got Amos Savage and Henry Black, and I can give you the general stats, how many games they played, coverage, snaps, targets, um, catchable balls that were apparently thrown at them, completions, how many yards they gave up, touchdowns, interceptions, dropped interceptions, um, Interception yards, pass deflections, intended air yards, defensive pass interference. Got to pull out the glossary. 
Yeah, that's what it is. I just wasn't entirely sure because Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage each only had one, and I felt like that's low, but that's what it is. Then you have rates, which generally are better stats, in my opinion, because everybody doesn't play the same amount of stats. So if you give up 100 yards and somebody else gives up 300 yards, that doesn't tell me much. So um, completion percentage, Amos 59.6, Darnell Savage 62.9, Henry Black 68.4. Deserved catch percentage, which is an SIS-specific thing, which I like. It's really just kind of contextualizing that. Yards per attempt, yards per game, quarterback rating against, yards per coverage snap. So PFF gives us a lot of this already with the exception of deserved catch percentage, but then they have value, which is their way of, and we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday, but giving you different ways of valuing the player as a whole. And again, got to do a little digging um, to kind of figure out what my preference is. Maybe it depends on the situation, but for example, points saved, which we've talked about the points system already. So I'm not going to do that again. If you don't know, you can either uh, look it up or go back and listen to yesterday's thing. But looking at points saved per play, which is the same as points, it's just from the defensive standpoint, you look at saved. Adrian Amos, 0.026 per play. Darnell Savage, 0.001. So basically, very average from a points saved perspective. Henry Black, negative 0.051. They have EPA per target, which is expected points added every time they're thrown at. Generally, you want this to be a low number because And again, I wish they were a little bit more specific about this because when they talk about points and then they talk about EPA, we're kind of talking about separate things. But Adrian Amos, um, 0.03. So that's the the total amount of points every time he's targeted that the other team gets is 0.03. Darnell Savage, 0.29. Henry Black, 0.6. This isn't answering the question. I'm just kind of going through what they have. Positive play percentage for the offense. You target Adrian or plays against Adrian Amos, 46.8. Darnell Savage, 51.4. Henry Black, 68.4. Then you get into PAR and WAR. War is a very liked metric. Wins above replacement. If you're a fantasy football person, you kind of understand the terminology. But from this perspective, Darnell Savage and Henry Black were both negative players, negative 0.3 and negative 0.4. Adrian Amos was the only positive player. That is to say, Adrian Amos helped us win 0.2 games. Darnell Savage hurt us. 0.3 0.3 games, Henry Black hurt us 0.4 games, and then they got boom bust, etc. Anyways, so again, a lot of different ways to answer this, but I just ran through different coverage types. So what I looked at, and I stopped at a couple because it kind of seems like we're getting into weird territory, but cover zero, cover one, cover two, man cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six, goal line, and red two, which from a basic um, Google search is Tampa two in the red zone. So 15-yard line or closer, it's a Tampa 2 call, but you're in the red zone. We already established Adrian Amos is the better overall safety, but that is obviously situationally. Um, His highest value, and what I decided to go with, is PAR, because PAR seems to run right in line with WAR, which WAR war is what I want to use, but the numbers are so small. Minus 0.1. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, for example, with, I, I believe we're still on red 2, are negative 0.1 war, but if you use PAR, it kind of expands it out a little bit. You have negative 2.4 and negative 4.6. It gives you a more blown up picture of just how good or bad somebody is. And again, it seems to run right along with war. Um, But Adrian Amos's highest value is his goal line, which really isn't that surprising considering the style of safety that he is. After that would be cover three. And again, this is where having Sam Holman, and I think I'm going to start throwing some of this information at him to say, decipher this for me. Because Adrian Amos, 
cover three, cover two, cover one, and goal line are the areas where he thrives. There's a couple others where he's kind of middle of the road, I guess. But then the negatives would be man cover two, cover four, and then red two is a negative 4.6. For Savage, he's kind of negative in a lot of areas. In fact, cover four is a negative 7.6. That's real bad. But one area that he shines higher than anybody else in any other metric by a mile, he has an eight overall PAR in cover one. Now, the, the issue with this is it doesn't tell me what his alignment is. But interestingly enough, if he is primarily the free safety in cover one, I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, it kind of goes to some of the things that Sam has been telling us about his abilities. But for whatever reason, in cover one, something clicks in this guy's brain and he just, he makes it work. Henry Black, uh, negative cover one, cover three, cover four. The one or two areas where he kind of stands out, cover zero, and uh, man cover two. So again, generally for me, I'm more interested in what is this telling me than just the information. Hopefully that helps answer your question. The other area where this really helps me personally or can help me is to find those areas where we struggle overall, figure out how often we do it, or the better question would be, would we like to do this if we did it better? And then decide who could help us in that area. For example, free agency, rather than just saying, this guy's got a big name, how about that guy? How about the fact that we are just garbage in cover four? Adrian Amos has a negative 2.1, Savage negative 7.6, Henry Black negative 6. I'm talking garbage. And here's the thing, we run it kind of a lot. Adrian Amos, 147 snaps in cover four. Darnell Savage, 146. Uh, Henry Black, 51. That's a lot of cover four. And again, horrific at it. So we can go back, I mean, had we gotten safeties, I mean, we did technically get one, but I'm not going to really bother. You could look at cover four. And again, I don't know how easily you could kind of translate that. Is there a prototypical cover four type of safety? Again, these are Sam Cochon type questions. But the point is, whether we're talking about safety, corner, linebacker, defensive end, wide receiver, running back, you can find the deficiencies. And then you say, can we plug that deficiency? So anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start collecting a few of these and then we'll, we'll have a little sit down chat. But again, hopefully that answers your question. Um, why don't we take a break here and then we'll go over to Twitter, which is where most of the questions come in. Some of them SIS, some of them not, which is fine. Some good questions either way. But uh, why don't we take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goose wants to know what SIS thought of Jordan Love. So let's take a look. And just for fun, I'm going to loop the Chicago Bears in here because I just want some context. That's all. No big deal. But we've got Aaron Rodgers, Andy Dalton, Jordan Love, Nick Foles, David Montgomery, because apparently he threw a pass, <laughs> and Justin Fields. We'll, we'll, we'll get David Montgomery out of here. But we'll start with the rates, and then we'll go through into the value. Um, first of all, catchable and on-target passes. We know what the completion percentage is, but again, a lot of that has to do with what the receivers did. PFF has a similar metric with adjusted completion percentage, which is um, just getting rid of things like throwaways and everything else. But I, I like catchable and on target because it's just, it's much, it, it's answering what we really want to know. When we look at completion percentage, what I really want to know is how accurate of a thrower are you? And we understand completion percentage isn't great for that, but I'm going to filter it out that you need to have at least 50 pass attempts. So that's going to get rid of Montgomery and Foles for the record. Um, if we look at catchable passes, Aaron Rodgers is number one with 85.7% of his passes are catchable. Andy Dalton, 84-ish percent. Justin Fields at 80.2. Jordan Love at 80.0. On-target passes. These are accurate, rate-on-target right passes, as the name would indicate. 77.5% of Aaron Rodgers' passes. Andy Dalton, 75. Justin Fields, 67. Jordan Love, 61. Touchdown percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 7% of his passes end in touchdowns. Andy Dalton, 3.4. The massive drop-off from Aaron Rodgers just makes me chuckle. Jordan Love, 3.2. Justin Fields, 2.6. That's not a good thing. Interception percentage. Jordan Love, 4.8. Andy Dalton, 3.8. Justin Fields, 3.7. Aaron Rodgers, 0.8. It's funny because Aaron Rodgers helps provide context for Jordan Love, but these guys also provide context for Aaron Rodgers and how freakish he is. Granted, Jordan Love, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, these numbers are, are kind of bad, but still, 0.8 is just stupid. Um, passer rating is something we've already known about, but they also have their proprietary passer rating metric, which is similar, but just a, is using different numbers that they think is better. But if you look at passer rating, which is what we're all familiar with, Aaron Rodgers, 111.9. And then it drops way off to Andy Dalton, 76.9, Justin Fields, 73.2, Jordan Love, 68.7. Their metric, IQR, same ranking, just different numbers, 115 for Rodgers, 
80 for Dalton, 74 for Fields, Jordan Love, 59.5. Then we switch over to value. And this is, again, just trying to contextualize how good or bad these players are. If we look at points earned per play, um, Aaron Rodgers is 0.217. So every single play, he's getting your team about 0.2 points. Justin Fields, 0.013. Andy Dalton, 0.001. Jordan Love, negative 0.074. If we look at expected points added per play, um, Aaron Rodgers, 82.19. Jordan Love, negative 15. Andy Dalton, negative 39. Justin Fields, negative 81. If you look at positive play percentage, so rather than looking at it sort of quantitatively, but really just looking at it on a play-to-play basis, how many times were you good? Aaron Rodgers, 48%. Andy Dalton, 43%. Jordan Love, 40%. Justin Fields, 38.9%. I kind of teased on Twitter yesterday that arguably Justin Fields is worse than Jordan Love. I think if you were being honest about it, probably more things point to Jordan Love being worse. But the fact that it's pretty debatable, and it is, is kind of hilarious to me. Because anytime I can throw a dig at Bears fans, it just feels good. It, it, it's probably losing its effect a little bit because at least 10% of the fan base is starting to realize that things are not great. But it's still fun. But think about that. Positive play percentage. How often on a play do you do a good thing? Jordan Love did a good thing more often than Justin Fields did on a percentage basis. Then you have, again, probably what are some of the best um, metrics. Actually, probably the the two best metrics. And I skipped this, I think, when I did rates. And I was asking Mr. Numberman about this. And he said, well, they're, they're all really good. But if you were to ask sort of numbers people what some of the best metrics are, average net yards per attempt is one of the best metrics for quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, 8. Jordan Love, 4.5. Andy Dalton, 4.4. Justin Fields, 4.2. That's one of the best quarterback metrics out there. Then you have WAR, and again, PAR, uh, points above replacement, which runs parallel to that. But if you look at WAR, Aaron Rodgers, 3.1. Andy Dalton, negative 0.2. Jordan Love, negative 0.2. Justin Fields, negative 0.3. PAR, Aaron Rodgers, 102.9. So wins above replacement. Aaron Rodgers won us three games by himself. Now, you can look at that and say, I doubt it. But remember, we're not talking about putting in um, Jordan Love. We're talking about if if you get the most average quarterback in the world, whoever that is, if Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever that is, the difference between the most average quarterback and Aaron Rodgers is three games. PAR, again, we're, we're just seeing it as kind of blowing that number up. 102.9 points over your average quarterback. Andy Dalton, negative 5.5. Jordan Love, negative 7.3. Justin Fields, negative 9.1. So most of the metrics say Jordan Love is better. All of the best metrics say Jordan Love is better. <laughs> oh, it's funny because I don't have to care that Jordan Love doesn't grade out very well. And that is a distinction because I, I pointed that out and some people were, were saying, well, then why don't we just go with Jordan Love if he's better than Justin Fields? Because I'm not saying Justin Fields is good and Jordan Love is better. I'm saying Justin Fields is horrible and uh, so is Jordan Love. <laughs> so far, so far, we'll see. Um, boom percentage. So how many of your plays accounted for really good plays? 24% for Aaron Rodgers, 21.5% for Jordan Love, 20.9% for Andy Dalton, only 17.6% for Justin Fields. The problem with Jordan Love, also number one in bust percentage, 23.1% of his plays were very bad. Justin Fields, 22.2% of his plays were very bad. Then it drops all the way down to 18% for Andy Dalton, only 12% for Aaron Rodgers. So 
they uh, they don't like Jordan Love to answer your question directly. They don't. There, there's basically no metrics. He has he has a very high boom percentage, which is great. Nearly one quarter of his plays are very good plays. Every other metric, though, that you can see is pretty negative. But I mean, we, we knew that, right? It's not a question of did he do a good job. We know he did a bad job. The question is, given more time, could he develop into a good quarterback? That's the question. And and people will say you're being ridiculous and being a homer just for asking the question. But again, let me point out every other quarterback in the NFL. Nobody else is being counted out. Every single player that has had more time, every single rookie quarterback last year has had more time to develop than Jordan Love has. And no, I'm not counting sitting on the bench holding a clipboard as development. I'm talking about on the field, on the job experience. Nobody's counting out Justin Fields. Nobody's counting out Trevor Lawrence. These guys are going to get another year, and if they fail again this year, they're still going to get another year. Well, maybe, maybe next year, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, Packers superfan had a very good question. Unfortunately, the specific answers to this are um, not with me right now, so I can't give you a very specific answer. But he says, at what wide receiver position did Devonta Adams play this past year? What was his production from each, and who from the new wide receiver class could possibly get those reps based off of their past performance? Fantastic question. I'll give you a better answer in the future. But I can tell you this because it's the only thing I remember. Slant routes. That's what he did. Slant routes. That was his bread and butter. Not not necessarily from a what did he do well standpoint, uh, not that he was bad at it, but from a simply volume standpoint, that was that was his thing. And if we're looking just at volume um, and we're looking at slant routes, who's who's that guy? Romeo Dubs. Dobbs. Dang it. I can't. I, after all this time, still still can't say his name right. But we're talking 37 routes from Romeo Dobbs compared to Samori Ture's 15 routes run. Insider takes, which is our account that's on pause. Who who he wants to know who had the highest bust percentage on the team? It's not going to be a very popular answer. And there's again different ways to answer the question. And the problem is some of these don't have bust percentage. Offensive line does not have a bust percentage metric. Defensive line does not have a bust percentage metric. But of all the the positions that did, and then there's also the question of you know, running backs technically have are on the receiving thing. But if we just look at running backs as rushers, receivers as receiving, et cetera, et cetera, keep people in their their specific areas. And then we just look at the starters. The highest was Razul Douglas, even higher than Darnell Savage, believe it or not. Savage, 17.1%. Razul Douglas, 20%. Now, again, remember that this isn't the ultimate who's good and who's bad metric. This is simply one specific thing. What percentage of the time did the really bad plays happen as a result of, of you? Now, if you look at points saved, Razul Douglas, number one by a mile. Think about this, though. Why? What is the one thing we love about Razul Douglas? Interceptions. But not just interceptions. Think about this specifically. Imagine, let's just say, let's just throw out a random hypothetical. Let's say a team is on, like, the five-yard line, about to score a touchdown. What would you say their expected points are? What, what would the numbers say their expected points are? If you're on, like, the five-yard line on first down. What, like 6.8? You're probably getting a touchdown. Maybe it's, maybe it's six. I don't know. But if you get an interception, you're not only saving all of those points, six, but depending on the return or whatever else, your offense then gets some positive points. If, if it's a touchback and you're on the 20, you might be at like 0.3, whatever. So you add that onto it. So th- that's a massive thing that you just did. So if you look at points saved, second highest is Chandon Sullivan with 19.5 
Razul Douglas, 39.2 points saved. And no, not a single Packer fan is going to look at that and be like, that's surprising. No, it's not. That's what he did. He saved our lives. <laughs> and that's why we love him. But remember, everybody's different in their own thing. Everybody does things differently. Some guys are just, you know, they're, they're, they're not killers, but they're just consistent. You know, I always like that about Chandon. Chandon was just consistent. You never heard his name. I don't know what he's doing out there, but I know nobody's catching passes on him. He's just, he's just out there somewhere. I know Chandon's gone. I'm just, I'm just saying. Savage is, is much more boom or bust. We know that. We know he has really good days. We know he has really bad days. And that's pretty well bore out on the stats. Number, um, technically number three, but he's number one if you filter out Shamar Jean Charles and Isaac Yadam, who very rarely played. Darnell Savage would be number one in boom, number two in bust. And the problem is we form narratives, right? We look at, at uh, Darnell Savage and we, we say he had a bad year. Well, we say he had a bad year because the bust sticks out in our mind right? Certain things stick out in our mind and we build an entire narrative. And usually the narrative revolves very lazily around good or bad. If, if the bad sticks out in our, in our mind, then he's bad. Well, the boom doesn't stick out in our mind, probably because it didn't revolve around interceptions. That's why Razul Douglas sticks out in our mind as a great player because his really, really good plays were interceptions. And that's the benefit of things like this is looking beyond the simplistic and although I can't get specific all the time and be like, well, what did he do so well? I don't know. Go talk to Sam. He did a video on it. They don't give written um, descriptions of every single metric of every single player. Here's what he did well on each of these plays. Da, 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 da. We can go, um, if, if you want to go find it, how about go look at Darnell Savage against the Vikings. Uh, what week would this be? Does it even say? Oh, week 17, 100% boom percentage. <laughs> there you go. Go look at it. Actually, second highest is, is against the Ravens, probably because he was targeted a ton. So his bust percentage is incredibly high in that game, 16.7. I'm struggling to find too many people that are above zero. But he also had a 66.7% boom percentage. But again, those things don't stick out in our mind. So anyways, I, I provide that context because I know as soon as I say bust percentage is really high for Razul Douglas, everyone's going to lose their mind. But it's a specific question. The question isn't who is the most garbage player on the team. Uh, JJ wants to know if there is a pressure percentage benchmark for defensive tackles. I have a thought on how to change the bench benchmark, but I've always kept the benchmark the exact same as I have for pass rushers, which is 10%. So JJ, if I could have asked you this prior to, but I forgot to do it. If you want to clarify what you're looking for, and I, I can already tell you, again, PFF and SIS have different numbers. We're going to have to adjust down a little bit. They must calculate this very differently. They have our highest pressure percentage being Kenny Clark at 9.5%. PFF has them as 12.4. So we probably will need a new SIS benchmark, which is just going to get confusing. I don't know exactly how I'm going to handle that. I'm guessing they're going to be similar conclusions, just with different numbers. In other words, the SIS's 9.5% uh, is going to equate to about a 12.4 for PFF. So I don't know. I don't know if that's what your question is, JJ, but... Just let me know. Matt wants to know what is SIS. Uh, 1265 Lombardi Avenue. How good is the blocking measurement tool info for wide receivers? I'll just say not very. Um, I'll probably stick with PFF for that. I can keep playing with it to see if I can kind of squeeze some better metrics or something out of it, but I think, I think PFF is probably going to be better. Here is essentially what I can tell you. Um, they do have, for example, points earned per snap. The problem is that the metrics that I can see I've always said if you sort by it, does it give you a better or worse 
picture. Um, and again, I'll, I'll have to keep playing with it. Just looking at passing plays, the order is for offensive linemen, John Runyon, Dennis Kelly, Billy Turner, Royce Newman, then Josh Myers. David Bakhtiari is 13th below guys like Josiah DeGuara, Randall Cobb, a bunch of wide receivers. So I can give you the information, but I, so far until I figure out the use for some of this, and granted, it was a small sample size. Maybe if we go back last year, all I'm really looking for is David Bakhtiari to be number one. Otherwise, I don't want to see it. Uh, if you just look at points earned last year, Elton Jenkins, then David Bakhtiari, but on a per snap basis, they have Lane Taylor, then David Bakhtiari, then John Runyon, then Rick Wagner, then Elton Jenkins. So I don't know. Although PFF was not super high on Elton Jenkins either, but still having Lane Taylor above David Bakhtiari is suspect. However, last year, if you look at war or par, um, Bakhtiari, then Wagner, then Elton Jenkins, then Lucas Patrick, then Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley should be a lot higher, but we're kind of getting closer. So anyways, they have these metrics for the wide receivers and the tight ends. They do have uh, Mercedes Lewis as the, uh, for example, best blocker. So that that seems to add up. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. But for now, I think if I want to know how good of a blocker a receiver is, I'll probably still be leaning toward PFF. And, and again, the problem is it becomes this sort of circular thing where I want your stats to tell me what I think is already true, and that's probably not the way I should be doing it. But I think most of us can agree if you have David Bakhtiari ranked like 13th, something's not great. And again, that was this year when he was injured and all that. He didn't play very much. And when he did, he played injured. So maybe that checks out. We'll monitor it as the season goes on. Because again, I, I don't think PFF is perfect. I know that they're not. But there are certainly certainly some benchmarks here <laughs> that I think we can all agree on. Um, we got questions from Bruce and Doug. I'm going to kind of hold off on those because I'm already way, way, way past time. Actually, I've got another question here. In all seriousness, what team are you a little afraid of in the NFC North? I was very excited to answer that question. But again, very, very over time. So we're going to have to wait on that. But I do want to start tomorrow kind of getting away from, not away from SIS entirely, but kind of just having that on the side to answer questions as needed, as opposed to forcing it into the podcast, because it's not as interesting, right? Finding random things for the sake of finding random things. So starting tomorrow, it's just a resource on the side when we need it. But I'm very excited to kind of dig into that specific question. In all seriousness, what team are you a little afraid of in the NFC North? Because we have to start looking at those other teams. I want to look at their draft. I want to see what they did. And I want to kind of start projecting out into the future. I had somebody else ask me about the roster um, projection for the Packers. Got to get into that stuff. So anyways, again, sorry for the second straight um, short episode. And I'm sorry if I'm annoying you with my uh, excitement over having this new tool. But I'm excited about it. But again... Enough fanboying starting tomorrow. Anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.